Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And it's time, time to smut up and listen. On today's episode, we're going to be covering the last half of Haunting Adeline. It's a long one, guys. Sorry. God, it's a long one. Buggle it. <laughs> All right. So I am going to read one of the reviews that were left for us on Apple Podcast. This is from 553S Girl. And the title is Amazing, but not for your mother's ears. My drive to work on Wednesdays is so much better with this podcast. These girls cracked me up with the review on the books. Having a smut virgin makes it so much better. True. Honestly. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Just a reminder for trigger warnings on the last half of the book. Non-slash-dubcon graphic violence, stalking, human trafficking, child trafficking, child sacrifice, mentions of a child death, explicit sexual situations, gunplay, somnophilia, bondage, and degradation. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for kink shaming or author shaming or any other forms of negativity. This is all in good smutty fun. Enjoy. Okay, we're going to jump right back to it. Addie meeting Mark and Zayd at the restaurant and then having a hot makeout sesh afterwards. And they are going to... With Zayd, not Mark. Yeah, with Zayd, not Mark. No, no. Um, and they got invited to Mark's charity event at his house. So picking back up from there, Addie calls Daya to tell her what the hell just happened and the fact that she now knows her stalker's name. Daya demands to know what Zayd does for a living, but she can't answer that question. She doesn't know. Daya thinks what he does for a living is Z- the organization Z because it would make so much more sense with all the hacking. Addie has heard of Z before, but she can say that she doesn't think it's him. Flash forward, uh, Zayd sends her a dress for the party. She sounds like she looks hot as hell. Addie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good for you, bitch. He sends her a very nice dress. As he should. He has terrorized her. Yes. Yes. Okay, so the description is, I'm wearing a red strapless gown, the top half encrusted with thousands of tiny diamonds throughout the lacy material. The bottom half molds to my body like a second skin with a large slit slicing all the way to mid-thigh. Diamond strappy gold heels adorn my feet while my hair is curled into beach waves. The tendrils fall around my shoulders. It's both elegant and sexy. Mm. Oh, no. She sounds ha ha ha. He picks her up in his classic Mustang and she's very anxious about it. When he steps out of the car, he's looking hot AF in an all black suit, every inch of the fabric stitched perfectly across his banging bot. She immediately thinks that she wants him to fuck her right now before the party. So that's also her first like she wants him to. Yeah. He inspects her dress and grabs her hand. She wants to know what the hell he's doing. And he replies, just trying to picture what ring would look best on your finger. Yeah. Smooth. She says, what if she doesn't want a ring? Because she would definitely say no if he proposed. And he replies, you don't have a choice, bitch. I can put a collar around this pretty neck of yours instead. Then you wouldn't have the option to say no. You would just be my good little girl that does whatever your master says. Would you like that better, baby? No, I snarl, but it tastes like a lie. You don't own me. You never will. His eyes narrow and my heart drops. Take off my belt, Adeline. I gape at him. And when I don't move, his hand tightens. Make me ask again and see what happens. Clenching my jaw, I reach out and undo the black belt around his waist. I rip it off, not caring if it breaks. 
The movement jerks him and he only grins in return. Just as I suck in a deep breath, he's wrapping the belt around my neck, looping it through the buckle and pulling tight. My eyes bulge like a fish, the metal biting into my skin as the belt restricts. My hands instinctively clawed the belt, but Zade swats my hands away. You can breathe, little mouse. Don't panic. When I calm, tears spring to my eyes as I glare heatedly at Zade. His grin only widens. I think this will do for now, he murmurs, observing my trembling body. <laughs> Spicy. This is amazing. Then he proceeds to tell her, now get on your knees. She doesn't want to ruin her dress, so she hikes it up and does what he's told. He gestures to his pants. She unbuttons and unzips them, and his dick springs free. She doesn't wait for any more orders before she just puts it in her mouth, or at least tries to. He's got a big dick. <laughs> Too big to fit in her mouth. After she was like, you have a tiny penis. I don't want to touch your tiny wee-wee. <laughs> I don't even get halfway down before he's clutching my hair, strands breaking free from my scalp as he sucks in a sharp breath. Fuck, Addy. I didn't say fuck him. Fighting against his hold, I swallow him again, lathering my tongue against the silkiness of his cock and running the tip along his veins and up to the underside of his head. Now he's the one choking. Snarling from the pleasure, he tightens the belt until my vision blackens. But if he thinks that's going to stop me, he's delusional. Hollowing my cheeks, I suck harder, fighting against his power even as he bleeds the life from my eyes. I use my hand to wrap around the length that my mouth can't reach. Even as I feel him breaking past the barrier of my constricted throat, I'm swallowing him as deep as he can possibly go. And my hand still doesn't fully cover his length. <laughs> he groans deeper, his eyes sparking before igniting into a blaze. Looks like that mouth knows how to do more than make useless threats. What that mouth do? <laughs> Seething, I graze my teeth along his dick, making sure he reads the intention in my eyes. He bares his teeth. I fucking dare you, little mouse. You think I won't be able to snap your jaw before your teeth break skin? Try me. Jesus Christ. I make sure he sees the rebellion in my eyes. I don't withdraw my teeth, but I don't try to hurt him either. Instead, I do the complete opposite of what he's expecting. I roll my eyes to the back of my head like I just took a bite of the most delectable dessert I've ever had and moan around his cock, vibrations traveling through his length he curses the belt loosening a fraction you're putting on an act addy he pants calling me out but don't pretend like your pussy isn't salivating just as much as your mouth is <laughs> <laughs> eyes locked on his near crazed eyes the hand in my hair flexes until i can no longer move of my own volition my only warning that his control has snapped the belt tightens again and my head is held immobilized as he drives his cock down my throat Oh. <laughs> God. Are you going to swallow my cum like a good little girl? He bites out. I can't move or actually answer him. The only thing I can do is brace myself as he buries himself deep and spills down my throat. Sniffing, I wipe my mouth and thank God I wore the lipstick that will take a bucket of oil to smudge. What lipstick what? is that? I know, right? I he puts his dick away and she stands up. They leave to go to the party and she now thinks maybe it would be the best time for him to explain what the fuck is going on with Mark and what he does for a living. And he proceeds to tell her that he does indeed hack into government and military databases and expose crimes against humanity. I also take things a bit more personal and infiltrate the lives of officials who have proven themselves corrupt or evil my mouth opens but no sound escapes oh fuck and then she goes your z she knows she finally realizes dia was right and he is z which also means that he is dia's boss mm. but 
Daya has no idea. So, like, none of those people that work for him actually, like, know who he nope. is. He's like Charlie. Oh, okay. Charlie's angels. Yep. Oh. They don't see him. They just are told where to infiltrate, how to hack, and what they're hacking for. Mm-hmm. And then they collect money and that's it. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she wants to know how he is working to save women and children, but actively stalking her. Fair Honestly. point. He mentioned she's the actually the only woman he's ever stalked outside his job. So, like, she's special. Mm. He's too good at it. Uh-huh. Yeah. After this, they write in silence, and now she's kind of looking at him differently. She's kind of like, oh, he's a good guy. He helps people. You kill people for good. Mm-hmm. I love that. We go to a Gigi diary entry. She tells him that John was aggressive towards her and Sarah. Ronaldo doesn't take it well, and he threatens to kill John, and she doesn't know how to handle that threat. Ronaldo has mentioned before that he has killed men, but I had no idea how to handle it directly being towards someone I still hold love for. Suffice to say, I didn't take it well and yelled at him. He accused me of taking my husband's side. While really, I'm just growing tired of the threat of violence. When I told him so, he immediately drove me home. And I must admit, the look he gave me scared me half to death. The car ride was awful. He dropped me off only an hour ago and I haven't stopped crying since. What was supposed to be an escape just turned into a bigger nightmare. Poor Gigi. Gigi. Yeah, she's having a rough go with these men. Yeah, damn. They, we jump to Addie's POV. They get to the party and immediately notice how fucking insane his house is. It's a massive white monstrosity with a million windows and five huge pillars. It has a ballroom, a movie theater, multiple offices. Like, it's fucking Damn. big. Zayda's working the crowd and Mark with confidence and Addie is just kind of anxious and, like, standing to the side, like, trying to act as natural as possible. On several occasions throughout the first hour, Zayda is constantly touching her and grabbing her by the waist to, like, remind her that, like, they're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark finally appears and introduces them to his wife. They immediately notice Mark's wife is abused. She's very, like, quiet, um, shows signs of abuse, like, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mark tells them that he'll meet them in one hour in a study and give Addie all the information she needs regarding Gigi's case. Then we have another diary entry. I noticed John's gambling habits. He's still drinking excessively on top of gambling. She received a letter saying the house is going into foreclosure and she wants to know what happened with it. She also found out that their savings has been depleted as well and that was going to Sarah's schooling so she's like pretty upset about it. He gambled oh. away all of their money and part of her she says and part of me can't help but realize this is all my fault before Ronaldo came into the picture we were happy and now we're shipwrecked broken with no we jump to Zayd's POV. He's tired of being in the ballroom with a bunch of people, so he grabs Addie and tells her they should get out of here. All he can picture is her on her knees with that belt around her neck. They leave the ballroom to go explore Mark's mansion. He shoots a quick text to Jay to tell him to take care of the security cameras because the guests aren't supposed to be leaving the ballroom. They peek inside rooms but find nothing interesting. They get into another room and check it out. Zayd brings her in. It's the movie theater. She begs to go back so they don't get in trouble. He asks if she has daddy issues since her dad is an attorney and she wants to follow the rules. She says she doesn't have daddy issues and he says she does now. He's her daddy now. Zaddy. Zaddy's if you were my little girl, I breathe. I okay. First of all, disgusting. Yuck. If you were my little girl, I breathe. Desire growing dangerously high. Your sweet little pussy would be so full of me. You would forget what it means to feel empty. I would be inside of you so deeply. You would have to cut me out. <gasps> if you were my little girl, ew. I'd fuck ya. Uh. <laughs> 
He drags her to a seat and plays a movie in the theater and sits her on his lap. He picks a horror movie. He lets 20 minutes of the movie pass before he makes a move. He pushes up the fabric of her dress. She tells him to stop, but she doesn't try to stop him. He glides both hands up her thighs and jerks her legs apart, so each leg rests on the chairs beside them. She's like, stop. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no, I'm watching the best part. <laughs> I groan, the feel of her ass digging into my cock nearly blind me with pleasure and need that the tips of my fingers glide across her creamy thigh creamy. <laughs> causing her to shift against my touch with restless desire the creepy music from the movie builds to a crescendo sending her heart rate to dangerous levels as a person is chased down by something from your worst nightmares zade she pleads breathlessly i glance down biting back a groan when I see her bear. This might not end well for you, I muse. She stiffens. Why? Your cum will be leaking down your legs when we're done. I hum. How scandalous. I'd rather have wet thighs than have panty lines with a dress like this. My fingers softly brush against her folds. There's the word. There it is. Reveling in the cream gathering on my fingers. That's the worst sentence that's ever been written. Which one? My fingers softly brush against her folds, reveling in the cream gathering on my fingers. I keep my touch light, depriving her of truly gaining any pleasure. Are you watching the movie, Adeline? I ask harshly. Don't make me tell you again. Her pussy pulses, juices gushing from her slit and over my fingers. I groan, fighting the impulse to plunge my fingers into the depths of her pussy and feel her come all over me. My tongue darts out, licking along her neck and inhaling her jasmine scent. She tastes so fucking delicious. My mouth waters with the need to lap up. <laughs> the arousal soaking my hand I deny myself the pleasure keeping my hand glued to her weeping little cunt <laughs> giving in to her silent plea I swirl the pad of my middle finger on her clit giving her just enough pressure to cause her head to kick back with bliss this time when she whispers my name it's full of pleasure cute mm, sad <laughs> I add a second finger, fucking her in quick, hard strokes. Her breath sharpens, her moans heighten as she draws closer to an orgasm. Her eyes have long since dropped to my hand, defying my orders once again. Mid-stroke, I withdraw my fingers and grab her face with my other hand, roughly squeezing her jaw in my grip. She mules, <laughs> crying from both the loss and the pain lacing through her face. I deliver one quick, sharp slap to her pussy, enjoying the startled cry of pain that sneaks past her lips. What did I say? Ouch! A long moan releases, but her eyes stay glued to the screen. Good girl, I praise. If I catch you disobeying me one more time, you won't get to come. Am I understood? She nods, the movement choppy and strained against the force of my fingers clutching her cheeks. I resume my ministrations with the hand between her thighs, keeping my thrust slow and languid, drawing out her pleasure and wringing more delicious moans from her mouth. Her eyes droop into a half-linted state, but they don't stray away from the screen. She's creating a pool on my slacks in the seat beneath us. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> I trade between biting and licking at her neck and whispering words of appraisal in her ear. This sweet little pussy is so fucking needy <laughs> for my fingers, isn't it? Do you feel how tightly you're gripping me? I have to fight just to withdraw my fingers so I can fuck you with them. <laughs> 
He's like, okay, ow. <laughs> Release. Like a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> My free hand grips her throat and squeezes firmly until her face pinkens and her breath grows short. Staccato moans burst from her lips as I increase my pace and firmly rub her clit with my thumb. Oh God, she sucks and I start breath. <laughs> oh God is right. That's oh God. right. I am your God. Zade, she screams a moment before her pussy clenches onto my fingers so tightly I cannot move them any longer. The girl does her kegels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. She does. Toy vagina. <laughs> Finally, I ease my fingers out, licking them clean as she watches me with a colorful expression. And then she scrambles away from him, fixes her dress. He tells her she looks beautiful, and he also tells her they need to go get some answers now that her pussy has been worshipped. He says something about there being a wet spot between his legs, but his black slaps conceal it. And I was like, well, if it's like from vagina, it wouldn't be concealed, right? No, no it would leave a mark. Yeah. Uh, so he's just walking around with oh. pussy juice. <laughs> Just dried to his pants. Don't worry, it's black. You can't see it. He's like, guys, this is pussy. Fist bump. They're like, as long as it was, you know, not from a consensual person, that's fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We switch to Addie's POV. She runs after Zade and they go back to the ballroom. And once they get back, a butler finds them and asks that the fucking butler is like, please follow me to my master's study. Follow me. Follow me to my pedophile master's study. They get to Mark's study and hopefully they get some answers. This part pisses me off. Mark had really just played this poor girl. From what Mark remembers is that John thought she thought Gigi was sneaking around, but his dad, Frank, couldn't find out with who. But Frank was almost certain that was why John snapped and killed her, even though there's no proof. So literally no fucking new information for Eddie. Mm -mm. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, what you thought was what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what do you think? Um, he does mention a piece of information that she wasn't aware of and it's not in the journals e either but to pay off the gambling debt that john accrued he got hired by angelo salvatore under the recommendation of ronaldo so ronaldo was like hey mob boss you should hire this guy to like do your books make us some money to get out of all of his gambling debts which is like to help Gigi. Yeah. That's so John got hired to be the accountant for the Salvatore family and most likely was laundering all their money, but also you lost all this money gambling, so why would you get hired to Her last question for Mark is why Frank so easily turned on John if they were best friends. And Mark says that he thinks Frank truly just wanted to get justice for Gigi's murder and wanted to help. <laughs> Mark talks about nothing else for over an hour because he's super drunk. His phone keeps ringing over and over again in this time period, but he won't answer it. So Zade finally asks if everything's like good. Like, do you need to go get the phone? Yeah. And he says, no, his friends are just freaking out over a leaked video. The leaked ritual video. He doesn't realize oh, he's no. telling them this. And Zade says Addie and him need to like leave now. Like they're done for the night. Mark is like hammered drunk. Yeah. He's like, just like babbling on about this ritual video and how yeah, I'm actually kind of like a pedophile. I do yeah. like killed a kid. Uh, <laughs> I drink his blood. That's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and as they're leaving, Mark looks at Addie and he says, I'll be seeing you again. Bitch, no. Oh. Ew. Yeah, that's they terrifying. Like, they, yeah, they just left. A week passes and Zade continues to haunt her house, her dreams, her nightmares. You know how he does. <laughs> 
Um, he has even decided to train her in hand-to-hand combat because of pedo Mark, because he's, like, scared that she's going to get taken. So he just goes over there, and after he's done, like, searing the fuck out of her, he's like, let's practice some hand-to-hand combat real quick. She's like, now that I scared the shit out of you, let's wrestle. <laughs> yeah. And no matter how many times they practice, she really can't, like, break his hold in these exercises. Like, she's not winning these exercises at all. After however long of doing this, she says that she needs to take a shower and he needs to leave. And he informs her that he doesn't have to be there to watch her shower. He does have cameras in her bathroom. Yeah. Probably and in her toilet, too. Probably. Probably. Watch her shit. Right from a She calls his bluff and is about to shower. And then he says, I've watched every BMU pad for the last three months. <laughs> they are solid. You, yeah, you've been eating well. <laughs> she calls his bluff about a camera being in there. And he says that you know of. He taunts in a low husky whisper before placing a soft kiss on my lips and effectively silencing me. It's short and in anything but sweet his hand flexes and my pussy pulses in tandem just don't forget to scream my name when you're holding that shower head to your pussy you can come knowing that i'll be shouting yours too oh and then that's cute We have we have another Gigi diary entry. John almost got Gigi and Sarah killed. Uh, She mentions that he owes a lot of money to a lot of men. They broke into the house and held her at gunpoint. And John showed up in the middle of it, and Frank was with him. The men left, but John hasn't apologized. What the fuck, John? God damn it, John! Fucking John. We jump to Addie's POV. She's drifting to sleep when the door creaks open. Zade is on her balcony smoking a cigarette. She senses something's off about him, and she asks what's wrong. And he mentions that he's just tired today, and it doesn't sit right with her like she can tell like there's something else Mm -hmm. she pushes the covers back and crawls across the bed over to him he tenses and she softly tells him to take his hoodie off why he asks flatly and she gets mad she's trying to be nice but decides not to be snappy and then she says because it would make things easier for me he reluctantly takes his hoodie off and he's in a white t-shirt and she's a little bit distraught because he says Uh she's like hot yeah she starts to knead his shoulder muscles and massages him he groans and she's surprised by how many knots he has she senses his mood must be work related so she whispers tell me and he does they lost a girl in one of the stings today and so he's pretty upset about it and she wraps him in a koala like hug and doesn't move so she's like behind him and just like grabs him (laughs) in in the book does it go into detail kind of about his ventures when trying to save people um not really but the second book is like extremely in detail about that side oh okay of the yeah it's a lot yeah too much i would say yeah mm. she says the life she would have had to live would have been far more painful than where she is now you think it's a good thing she died he asks his tone flattening of course not i play kate of course not i play kate squeezing him tighter being stolen from her life her family and friends and then being put into an incredibly horrendous and fucked up situation is the worst thing that could have happened to her my voice breaks on the last few words and it takes a minute to put myself back together but dying dying is not zade she was screaming because she was fighting against the life that she was being forced to endure the only way she knew how it wasn't his right to end her life but he did it anyways and i i hope she he suffers for it but after what they did to her i know that she is more at peace now than she would have been alive yeah she lets go of him and he thinks she's kicking him out after that but she grabs his hand and tugs him back to her she says she still hates him but 
wants him to lay down with her. He kicks his boots off and climbs into bed. They fall into a heavy silence when she whispers, kiss me. He freezes, so she makes the move instead. She captures his lips and he doesn't hesitate to kiss her back. It's lacking his usual intensity though and she realizes she misses the intensity. She coaxes it out of Getting nearly desperate, I nip at his bottom lip before sucking it into my mouth. <laughs> his hands grip my waist in a tight hold and for a moment, I think he almost pushes me away. But then he breaks, his resolve shattering. And finally, finally, he feasts on my lips. Yummy. Tasting me like he's licking ice cream out of a cone. Okay. <laughs> my hands dive into his hair, exploring the soft strands as his own bless my body with the same honor, slipping beneath the duvet and roaming my curves. His tongue battles against mine, creating a tornado of passion and a million pent-up emotions. The duvet feels heavy and suffocating on my body, but when I try to wiggle loose, Zade traps me further. I yank away from him and he follows making escape futile when his lips are impossible to deny. Let me out, I gasp, between a nip of his teeth. We're not taking it past this, Addy, he declares with finality. Why? I breathe, and the logical part of me rallies against the stupid question. I should be relieved, because the first time I fuck you, I want you to have all of me, not just bits and pieces. He takes a breath. I'm not whole right now, and I can't worship you when all I see is her. Yes. She tells him she understands, but he also needs to remember all the girls he has saved. So while, yes, it does suck that he couldn't save one, he has to remember, like, every other girl that he's been able to save. Mm -hmm. So Addie is like, yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. She's not going to push it. Mm -hmm. The next day, Addie's phone vibrates, and she looks down, and she sees that it's her mom. And she's like, fucking my mom she answers it and she's like hey and then her mom asks how she's doing and she says she's good she's getting ready for their tonight satan's affair <gasps> yeah haunted house haunted house all the spookies she's with daya right now and they're getting dressed and ready to go they always have a super good time at satan's affair they go like every year and Addie likes it because the haunted house is like super elaborate each year they come up with a new theme and she always gets scared and horny she's like oh i gotta go home and jack off Mm -hmm. she asks her mom why she's calling her mom says that she's calling because she wants to know what their plans are for thanksgiving and is asking if she should still expect her and daya and she's like oh i guess yeah we'll be there and she talks about the difference between daya's family because they alternate okay um her and daya going to each other's families for thanksgiving she says daya's family is like super warm and bubbly and fun and then they go to her mom's house and it's like quiet and awkward and Ew, uh, yeah so she asks if she can ask her mom a few questions about Gigi's murder and her mom's like yeah I'll answer some questions if it'll convince you to move out of the house she asks if she knew um someone named Frank Williams that was friends with Grandpa John so Mark's dad and then her mom's like I haven't heard that name in a long time I didn't know him personally but your Nana spoke of him and she had said that he was around a lot up until Gigi was murdered and then he kind of just disappeared. Uh, suspect. Addie asks her mom if she knows about Grandpa John's gambling habits. And her mom is like, why are you asking? She tells her mom that she met Mark, Frank's son, and tells her like some of the stuff that Mark brought up. But she doesn't tell her mom that she's like actually investigating the case herself. Um, She just wants her mom to think that she casually had this little conversation with Mark. Her mom is like, how did you even come into contact with a man of that social standing? God, Addie, please tell me you didn't sell yourself to him. 
Like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why did you even say that? Why would that be, like, your first go-to? That's sad. Yeah. 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 Because I don't think that Addie's really done anything. No. Sad. No. No. I think she's been pretty, like, like Zayd said, like, you always follow the rules. Like, do you have daddy issues? Mm-hmm. Like, what the she's fuck? She's, like, a rich author, though. Yeah. Yeah. She's just chilling. Her mom feels really bad almost immediately, like, realizes she shouldn't have said that. And she decides to, like, tell her something to try and make it better. And she's, yeah. she says, your Nana and that John put them in a dangerous situation situation with his gambling but not too long before Gigi's death it all seemed to go away he stayed out late and came home short-tempered just to fight with Gigi about whatever he was pissed off about that day Frank was a sponge for their relationship with their marriage failing I think he was put in the middle of it a few times Nana spoke of one incident sometime before Gigi died where she and Frank got in a fight Nana didn't remember much about what happened just that Frank had grabbed Gigi and pushed her on the ground and said something about a betrayal that's all I know yeah so there's three possible people frank mm-hmm. Addie says okay just one more question do you remember nana going up to the attic all the time do you know why she did that and her mom said yeah that's where she would go for alone time when i was a kid i don't know the reason why she had only ever said that's where she went to think we were never allowed up there why do you ask Addie's just like i don't know i just thought i remembered her going up there a lot but i couldn't be sure i was just curious she doesn't want to tell her the ghosties on the letters yeah so she gets off the phone with her mom and dies like oh fuck i'm sorry your mom said that to you that sucks and then addy's like it's fine she said worse she tells daya about some of the stuff her mom said about frank daya asks if she is gonna tell her mom about zaid and addy says that's like asking if i'm gonna tell her about how one time i let a guy finger bang me in the middle of a concert (laughs) and daya's like okay i mean kind of yeah true she asks a couple more questions about zaid like has she found out what he does for a living or why he was involved with mark and addy's like nope i don't know anything which is kind of weird that she's not telling her yeah she lie she lied to daya yeah do we ever find out like why she's not telling her i think she does say why so they decide that they're gonna pregame before the haunted carnival and they get ready to go they're having a good time yay they're a little great old time gonna go get scared and hella soaked Hella soaked. Hella soaked. Oh, Addie says, Satan's Affair is one of my favorite places in the world. At night, the fair comes alive with laughter, peals of screams from terror and excitement, and moans of joy from the fried food. Walking into the field full of haunted houses, carnival rides, and food trucks is like walking into pure static energy. Sounds fun. Get all horned up. Get all Sounds fun. So they notice a girl dressed up as a broken doll happily eating a Philly cheese steak. Hmm. Yeah okay they noticed that the theme of the haunted house is like creepy childhood themes so like weird little doll houses and stuff oh yeah and they scary they decide to get a bite to eat and they're wondering what they should have and they're like you know what that broken doll she was having a philly cheesesteak i think i'm gonna have a philly cheesesteak sounds good addy's absolutely wondering if z is there while she eats like is he watching me right now is he wishing that he was eating my pussy like i'm eating this philly cheesesteak <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> They rush to one of the houses called Annie's Playhouse and get in line. Addie feels an icy tingle at the back of her neck that she gets when she feels like someone is watching her. And then she hears Mark calling her name. (gasps) No. He's with the three other pedophiles, Jack, Robert, and Brad. No. Also with his wife, Claire. Mark asks her where Zade is and she lies and says, he's probably in the bathroom. Brad and Claire are asking Addie questions about their relationship with Zade, like how they met. 
and just trying to like get some information. She's making up quick little lies on the fly about it, trying to seem all casual. So it's Addie and Daya's turn to go into the haunted house and there's a pretty cool description of it. The house is adorned in pink with white wooden floors, frills everywhere, and dead little girls giggling all around. Down the hall, I swear I spot a four foot doll crossing the hall, her body distorted from the colorful smoke and her face bloody. She's gone before I can tell for sure. Daya and I huddle together looking left and right, not quite sure which direction to go. A man with a peeling bloodied face slips from the shadows before us and another girl dressed as a demented doll comes out a bloody knife in her grip. It's so sudden I jerk back. Daya's screams pierce my ears as they give chase, pushing us towards a living room with a blue couch and a mannequin giving birth to a child. So crazy. So they run up the stairs and Daya trips and Addie laughs at her for tripping. <laughs> what is it? She's like, ah, uh-huh, bitch. So they get to the top of the stairs and go down a hallway where they see a creepy mannequin with boils and burnt skin. So they go into the closest room. It's a creepy little girl's room and they're chased by a demented doll who quotes, skitters towards them i don't like that about 10 minutes later they're all done at the house they go through everything addy is scared and horny so like they leave uneventful well that's good yeah Yeah. on her way out she thinks she heard someone yell out the name jackal but she can't be sure they spend the rest of the night having fun and riding all the rides and going in all the other haunted houses addy says she feels invincible and happy I want to experience Saiyan's affair. I know. That's 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 so fun. Sounds fun as hell. Yeah. Okay, we have another Gigi letter. Frank confronted me about the affair. I denied it, of course, but he didn't believe me. He's been such a good friend to John, and he used to be such a good friend of mine, too, but not so much anymore. His temper is shorter, and sometimes it seems as if he can hardly look at me. He told me to stop the affair, because he says I'm hurting the man that loves me the most in the world. His loyalties are to John. I get that. He doesn't owe me anything at all, and I don't owe him anything either, which is why I couldn't tell him that I will never stop seeing Ronaldo. But I don't think I needed to. He saw it in my face, and for a moment, he almost looked heartbroken. I suppose I would be too if my best friend has become what John has become. I think I need to get divorced. Yeah. yeah. I know, I feel bad for Gigi. We switch back to Zade's POV, and we jump back a little bit. So Zade gets to Satan's affair to see Mark looking at the little girl doll eating the Philly cheesesteak. steak. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Mark and his partners came to steal a child to traffic, and Zade is there to prevent that from happening. The doll is staring back at Mark in a creepy and challenging way. She's just like, what, bitch? She's like, come, come get me. Claire is looking at her too and seems like almost scared of her. The doll winks at Mark and skips into Annie's dollhouse. Uh, Mark makes a call and says something to Claire, who nods. Mark grabs Claire and heads to the dollhouse, followed by Jack, Brad, and Robert. Zade has Jay on the phone this whole time, so like I feel like Jay's like always in his little earpiece. Yeah, on any type of like sting operation. Mm-hmm. Jay says he has eyes on the entire carnival, so he's hacked like every single camera. Zade sees Addie in the line at the dollhouse and thinks that it must be divine intervention that they're all here together. Zade, Addie, Mark, pedophiles. Zade is watching the interaction happening between Mark and Addie and he thinks to himself that he was going to give Addie space tonight but that's no longer an option. Zade greets Mark just as Addie and Daya go into the house so they don't know that Zade was like right behind them. Yeah. Zade goes into the house with Mark and his gang and he's making sure to keep between them and Addie so the guys are like following Addie and Daya like they were. Rippy! Mm-hmm. And Zade is like making sure that he's like that buffer between them. Yeah. Zade goes up the stairs and down the hallway and gets the feeling that there's danger lurking. He goes into a room with mechanical mannequins and feels someone come up behind him. It's the little doll. You're gonna be a good character. 
I love her. Is she only in the book for like a short? In this one, yeah. Yeah. She has her own book, though. Mm -hmm. I love that. He says, The last thing I expect to see is the broken doll from earlier, the one taunting Mark. Her brown hair is pulled up in pigtails with pink bows wrapped around them. Dull brown eyes stare at me, intent shining brightly behind the makeup on her face. Up close, she's a lot creepier than I had expected, probably because the look in her eyes is murderous. I glance down, taking a quick inventory of her. She's wearing a thin white nightgown, leaving little to the imagination. I barely notice her nipples poking through the thin fabric. No, what my eyes lock in on is the outline of a knife strapped to her thigh (laughs) oh he asks her where the girls are and the doll says safe from you and then she turns around and says i have this handled to someone who isn't there (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) zade asks her if she's crazy and she pulls out the knife and says i'm gonna kill you monster she fights zade like a child throwing a fit and can't land a strike and he finally punches her in the nose just to knock her down because she's like like spider monkey yeah Yeah. with the knife she screams jackal zade runs out of the room and into the hallway where he sees the four guys in a room off the hallway he hears them talking about how there's a van waiting outside and all they need is Addie's location. So they have someone waiting to kidnap Addie. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Zade enters the room with a smile and Mark tries to weasel his way out of it. He's like, oh, no, man, I wasn't. What? Addie, we would You're never touch Addie. her. He's like, yeah, no. You don't know. No. I said Addie. Maddie. Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Calm down, man. Suddenly, a small door in the wall opens and the doll appears. What the fuck? She is chaos. I like she's I'm like, what is she doing here? For the love of God, please leave me alone tonight. I snap. Mark and his friends turn to find the doll straightening a determined gleam in her eye. Her face brightens. God has nothing to do with this, silly. (laughs) Creepy as hell. She is creepy as fuck. So we switch back to Addie's POV. Daya's exhausted and needs to sit down. So Addie goes into the house of mirrors alone because it's one of her favorites. She's concentrating on where she's going when she hears a dark chuckle and hears little mouse. Oh, Zaddy. (laughs) She shuts her eyes and takes a deep breath, trying to slow her heart racing. She tries to be as quiet as possible so she can try to find a way to sneak out. About halfway through, she sees Zade reflecting in one of the mirrors, but she doesn't know where he is and she starts like freaking out. Yeah, that sounds scary as fuck. He asks her if she's all alone and if there's anyone around to save her and then tells her he's going to ruin her. A lump forms in her throat. She can see him in the mirror still, but can't see where he is. He says, run, because if I catch you, I'm going to fuck you. (laughs) I'm going to fuck you. She runs till she can't breathe anymore and she's lost and trapped. She thinks about how she almost slept with him when he came into her room and he was all sad. She says, I was ready to give myself over to him when he emerged from my balcony doors and came to me with a heavy heart. The man put some type of spell on me because when he was hurting, all I wanted to do was make him feel better. Give myself over to him if that's what would help. But I know that I would have woken up the next day and hated myself because I would have slept with a stalker, a murderer, and a man who forced himself on me on several occasions. I would have slept to the man who doesn't respect my boundaries my personal space or the word no which like true hold on to that feeling <laughs> yes <laughs> but no she goes maybe not no consent it's kind of hot <laughs> so she's conflicted about her feelings and how she doesn't hate him although she should 
She admires him and the work he does for Z. She gives up and decides to just wait for Zade to find her. His body presses into her back and she whips around. He kisses her and she bites his lip hard. He groans and pulls her closer and she sucks his lip into her mouth and once she realizes what she's doing, she tries to pull away, but he won't let her go and instead returns the favor. She has flashbacks to him eating her out and moans into his mouth. His kissing gets more intense and he grabs her and spins her around, pinning her against the mirror and says, such a good fucking girl <laughs> she tries to stop him but he reminds her of what he said about what happens if he found her dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 i told you that already fix in the fuck job <laughs> she tries to refuse and says she doesn't want to have sex with him it's like bitch i know you do. i know you're lying yeah I know you want this dick. <laughs> so you're going to be my bad girl tonight, lie to my face, and act like your pussy isn't aching to be filled up with my cock? <laughs> she said that her body wants him, but her mind doesn't. So he steps away from her and spins her around so she can see a bunch of angles of herself because they're in the house of mirrors. Mm-hmm. You're going to watch what your body <laughs> <Yeah>. wants. <laughs> he says, what you're seeing now is what I see every day. No matter how far I run, how hard I try to escape you, you're everywhere I go. You're everything I see. Loving you is like being trapped in a house of mirrors, little mouse. And I've never felt so at home while being so lost inside of you. Love, huh? Love. Addie is aching to have him and is thinking, maybe just this once, it'll be fine. Gotta bang it out of her system. Yeah. He starts scared. <laughs> he starts unzipping her hoodie and she says, don't torture me. And he says, poor little mouse, you're sadly mistaken if you thought I was going to make this anything but painful. Unpleasant. We don't ruin it. <laughs> God. He starts to undress her fully, but she says that anyone could come in and catch them. Truly. They're <laughs> Truly. At, they're at a carnival. And the fact that one person hasn't walked in already is really weird. Do you think they'd watch, he asks? Do you think they'd enjoy the sight of your naked flesh on display? Maybe they would get off on seeing your dripping pussy reflected back at them everywhere they look or the pretty flush on your chest when you come. I think they'd enjoy watching your eyes roll to the back of your head when my cock fills you so fully you can't fit any more of me inside. You want to know what I do? He questions. I would let them watch. I would let them watch me claim you as mine. Own every inch of your body. They would watch my cock fill every one of your holes. <laughs> And then watch you cry because of how hard you came. And then I'd fucking kill them. My cock would still be wet from your cum as I'd slice their throats for even daring to look at what's mine. Aggressive. (laughs) Jesus. She feels her panties getting more wet. He squeezes her boobs almost painfully and says, I'm gonna fuck these soon. (laughs) He unbuttons her jeans and takes them off along with her shoes. She's wearing nothing but a black lacy thong. <gasps> Scandalous! <laughs> she asks him if he's going to undress and he says she has to undress him herself. She slowly takes off his shirt. Saucy. She says, I gasp when I remove his shirt. The scars on his face don't end there. Two severe knife wounds blemish his skin. One cutting across his heart and the other across his defined abs. The skin is raised and jagged, a stark pink against his tanned skin, and they still hurt him. Where there aren't scars, there are intricate tattoos. A dragon coils up his side and across his chest, fire blooming from his mouth and down Zade's shoulders. A mermaid rests on the opposite side, a beautiful woman peering over her naked shoulder. 
So that's his description. He's just a tat zaddy. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. So he is ripped and she calls him fucking phenomenal and pulls his pants down. Yummy. I choke on air when I pull down his pants, his hard cock jutting out from the confines of his jeans. It will never get any less intimidating, no matter how many times I see it. Not unless I suddenly accept death via dick one day. What a way to die. Yeah. Uh-huh. So she admires his naked body and he asks if she's scared and she says, yes. And he says, you should be. I'm going to impale you. <laughs> he tells her to get on her knees, but she decides to run instead. She's just running, Mickey. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? I forgot that they are in public. Yeah. He yanks her back by the hair and forces her onto her knees. How? He says, you like being a bad girl, don't you? You like to defy me because you love it when I scare you. You're a silly little girl playing with fire. Tell me, little mouse, have you ever been fucked by a man like me? No. And she says, better. (gasps) (gasps) Fucking liar. He tells her to open her mouth before he suffocates her on his cock and shoves it all the way down her throat. He forces himself deeper down her throat and tears are streaming down her face. He tells her to suck it now. (laughs) When she does, to try and correct her mistake, he's holding her head and growing more forceful, and she's getting more and more desperate to please him. He asks if Grayson Parker was better, or Brandon, or Carlos, or Tyler, and he lists every man she's ever been with. He says he'll enjoy killing all of them. Her vision is starting to darken from the lack of oxygen. He says, you want me to come in your mouth, don't you? You've been thinking about sucking my cock since you worshipped me on your knees with a belt wrapped around that pretty little neck of yours. I glare up at him, hate burning brighter than lust for just a moment. He smiles, or rather bares his teeth when he sees the anger reflecting from my brown eyes. You want it, but you're not going to fucking get it. You haven't earned that privilege yet. Yeah. He yanks her head back and pulls her up by her hair. And she says, Zade, please. And he says, I love it when you're scared and begging. He kisses her passionately and lifts her up by the waist. And she wraps her legs around him. He rips her thong off of her body. Ouch. Oh my god. (laughs) I feel like that just would go like up your ass. Probably. Rip it off. He tells her not to move her hands and he pulls her down onto his dick. And she screams, her hands flying up to his chest, saying, stop, it doesn't fit. She says, he knows I want him to force himself inside me, and as punishment for insulting him, he's going to make me show him how much I want him by spreading my pussy and inviting him in. God, I hate him. (laughs) And she's, like, doing that? Yeah. Yeah. He's going slow and forceful, pulling out and then slamming back in. Oh, my God. He quickens his pace and demands she watches them in the mirrors, and she said it's the most intense feeling she's ever experienced. He asks again if she's ever fucked a man like him and she shakes her head no. She's about to come and screams, oh my god, and he says, that's right, baby, I am your fucking god. He stops right before she's about to finish and tells her to get on her hands and knees. Which, like, this thing is probably dirty. Yeah. Dirty family. Fuck. Yeah, running up and down this thing all night. Also, where are the people? Thank you. <laughs> there are no people. He killed them all. He said, I gotta go fuck her. Die, die. <laughs> He lifts her from the underside of her hips until her knees aren't on the ground and bites her clit. So he's like wheelbarrowing her. (laughs) He's like, go, go. He starts eating her out and she's watching in the mirror as he, quote, eats her pussy like a starving man. That's not sexy. (laughs) 
She's about to come and he makes her beg for it. He pulls away and she punches the floor in frustration. He pushes into her in one thrust and his balls hit her clit. And I was like, hmm, that's okay. That's a hard swing. <laughs> that's a pretty long ball. <laughs> he tells her that she can come if she says that she's his good little girl. And she does. She comes and screams so loud it almost starts rattling the mirrors. I'm sorry, but little girl. Hecky. I don't like that. Especially after he, like, just lost a little girl yeah. to a pedophile ring. And he's Fucking like, nasty. You're my little girl, Addie. <laughs> I'm raising. What a poor little mouse, he coos mockingly, his tone husky and tight. Maybe one day you'll let me treat this little cunt like glass and show it all my love. But you've been a bad girl, haven't you? When I don't answer, he jerks me down on him harder, earning another pained whimper. Haven't you, he barks. Yes, I shout breathlessly, squeezing my eyes shut against the invasion. Are you going to be a good little girl now? Yes, I mule desperately. God, that word. The pain is morphing into something far more intense and breathtaking. He slides out and pushes back in, gentler this time, but no less angry. It feels like my body is on the cusp of bursting. This isn't natural to be so goddamn full. He pulls out to the tip and then he slams his entire length inside of me so deep I swear I feel him coming up my throat. Oh, Jesus. I cry out, my voice breaking from the swell of emotion, building inside my chest. Not fucking natural. Goddamn, Addie, I can barely fucking fit. Cute. <sighs> That's their first time. Yeah. Wow, so intimate. So much slamming. <laughs> There's a lot of slamming. God. So she hears her phone vibrating from her jeans and she can see that it's Daya calling her. Daya's like <gasps> freaking out because remember she like left her on the bench and was like, I'm just going to go through this house and mirrors real quick. Yeah. And never came back out. So Daya's freaking out and says the park is closed and everyone's been kicked out. Security told her that the house of mirrors was already cleared out and she's been worried sick. Addie's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'll be out in a few minutes. She's like, I'm just fine. So Zade guides her out of the house of mirrors and it's 1230 in the morning. They've been gone for two hours. It took them two hours to do that. They did a lot of stuff. Yeah. God damn. She tells Zade not to follow her because she doesn't want Daya knowing that they had sex. And Zade's like, it's okay. I have a date with a psycho girl anyway. They share a passionate kiss and Addie walks herself to Daya's car. Daya can immediately tell she's just been thoroughly fucked because like she's been through some shit. Yeah, she just she's probably disgustingly dirty yeah her her hair's probably like matted she just got her shit rocked (laughs) for two hours i know and she goes yeah it's just hanging out there it was crazy i got lost (laughs) sorry so now we have another gg letter it says i told ronaldo i might ask john for a divorce he became so excited that for a moment i felt like he and i might finally have a future together but then i told him i want him to quit his job he deflated like a popped balloon he said that might not be possible that he was tied to his boss and he doesn't think he'll ever be able to leave it escalated into a fight i understand his position but i told him i don't know if we can truly be together while he's involved with something so dangerous he made a smart comment that my husband is just as involved with danger as he is. I wasn't even sure what that meant. His gambling habits? We stopped having trouble with that soon after the break-in, so I assumed that John had cleaned up his act. Whatever the case, I stood firm on my decision. Sarah and I will figure things out together. If that means becoming a single mother, then that's what I'll do. Get it, girl. Get it, girl. So we're back to Zayd's POV, and he's met up with the crazy girl, but he's still thinking about sex with Addie. The crazy girl is the creepy doll. Okay, and why is he meeting up with her? We'll find out. 
So the doll and Zaid have decided to team up against the pedophiles, the four guys. Really? Yeah. The four of them are knocked out and the doll took them somewhere that they wouldn't be seen by the guests because she knows the dollhouse so well. The doll let Claire go because she was not involved. Yeah. Do you think Claire didn't know about any of it? We'll find out what Claire knows. Okay. Or not in this book. No, to the next one. I'll tell you after. Uh, no, I won't. Maybe. I'll tell you after we stop recording. Okay. So she tells Zaid that they're in her playroom and he follows her as they go up the stairs she says stay down here till i call you guys up i can handle myself she's still talking to no one <laughs> i feel like there's yeah oh, there's no one there. talking to he asks her if whoever she's talking to doesn't like him and she says that they're her henchmen and they don't like him and they don't trust him they get to the room and all the men are tied up and screaming zade only needs to know where the rituals are being held how to get in and how to find out if the society is after Addie. He asks her if she's sure no one can hear them and she's like, it's fine, I do this all the time. She says she only kills the demons. I don't, do you really think she kills people then? Yeah, she does. Oh. He rips a tape off of Mark's mouth and Mark immediately begins pleading for his life. He tries to blame the other three guys and they're just sitting there like glaring at him like, you fucking asshole. They're like, you're the leader. The doll is whining about not getting to kill him yet. Like, she's like, oh my god, hurry up. Bob. I want to stab him. <laughs> I want to stab, stab. He tells her to do whatever she wants. And all of a sudden, she shoves a blade right into Mark's stomach and tackles Robert, stabbing him until he is, quote, literally mush. Yeah. <laughs> oh my she's god. Mush. Mark starts vomiting. Zade goes up to her and grabs her hand to get her to stop and she shrieks. He tells her to drop the knife and she does. He asks her for her name and she says it's Sybil, but her friends call her Sibby. So her name is Sibby. I love Sibby. Sibby. She's crazy. Crazy girl. He feels bad for her and thinks that she probably doesn't have any friends and then none of the fair workers probably, like, they just don't even know she exists. Like, she just follows the fair around and that's how she lives. She, like, lives in the walls and kills people. Damn. And has her, like, fake imaginary henchmen. Yeah. She And how does she know there's e- who's evil, though? We find out in her book. Damn it! We can do her book, though. He calls her Sibby and tells her he needs her to calm down. So she was like, my friends call me Sibby. And he's like, all right, Sibby, you need to calm down. She's like, okay, yeah, you're right. He's like, I'm your friend. She nods in agreement and she wipes an eyeball off of the tip of her knife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he goes back to interrogating Mark and asks where the rituals are being held at and he says that he doesn't know anything. Zade uses a knife to pop a nail off of Mark. <gasps> And he keeps denying any knowledge until Zade goes to pop off the third one. He tells Zade that there's an underground club called Saviors and they drink blood to gain power. You need special access to get into the club and even more special access to get into the dungeons. He admits to performing rituals on children to mark themselves as children of the eternal rebirth. Children of the eternal rebirth is their cosmic entities and the true authorities over this world, according to their little society. Yeah. It's like a cult. Jesus Christ. weirdos. Mark confirms everything Zade needs to know and he gets confessions from the other two guys and tells Sibby she can do whatever she wants now with the two of them. Zade lean, leans down to ask Mark who he talked to about Addie and if it was anyone in a position of power involved with the rituals and he says yes. Zade slashes him across the chest with his knife. He demands names and Mark gives them but says he's never seen their faces. So Addie's like, 
got a hit out on her. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. For sex trafficking. And is it all because she was with Zaid? No, or is because just, just because beautiful. Mark saw her? Yeah. She's just beautiful. I thought they only wanted children, but are they trafficking like grown women too? Mm-hmm. Anyone they can make money off of. Yeah. He says there's some type of secret underground government and based on Mark's ramblings, they have far more control over our government than I thought. The president is just a puppet and these people who refer to themselves as the society, they hold the real power. Tell me why you did this, Mark. Why did you insist on going after Addie when you knew she was mine? His chin trembles. The waste of flesh, the epitome of a pathetic old man. She was already marked. Mm. So before Mark even like knew or had seen her, she was already like on the list. Really? Mark took the picture at the restaurant because she looked familiar because she was already a target of the society. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. So Zaid asks why she would be targeted and Mark said that anyone who's young and beautiful who gets noticed is Mark. He tries to blame it on how women dress so Zaid flicks off another fingernail. Zade feels like it's destiny that he's been brought into Addie's life and that he needs to save her. Mark tells Zade that when the society finds out about the four of them being murdered, they'll just relocate. And Zade thinks about using Sibby as a scapegoat to prevent this. So they'll be like, oh, it's just the crazy girl that lived in the walls at Satan's Affair. Yeah, it's not tied to really anything at all. It's yeah. a one-off chance. Mark is given Zade all the information he wants, so he finally kills him. Zade and Sibby chop up the bodies and put them in his car. The cops Jesus. pull up and Sibby is resisting arrest because she wants to stay with her henchman. Zade ditches Sibby with his car and loses the cops after five miles. So he's just like, peace, bitch. How do, why is he getting, why are they getting arrested? I don't know. Me either. I don't remember. They just are. <laughs> Zade looks into Sibby's history and finds out that she was born into a cult and had murdered her father. She stabbed him while he was sleeping. Damn. Mm-hmm. Zade believes that she's used Satan's affair to kill around 50 people and they were all bad people. That's so cool, though. So Zade starts feeling guilty. He's like, man, should I have left her? I really good girl. Three nights after the fair, he and Jay have hacked into the Savior's camera. So that sex dungeon club. (gasps) Jay's keeping an eye on Addie and Addie's house for Zade. But Zade hasn't seen her since the House of Mirrors and feels like he needs to tell her that she's a target. As much as he longs to fuck Addie again, he needs to take care of business at Savior's more. So he's like, my girl's gotta wait. Yeah. And if Jay's watching her. Yeah. He says, for now, I need to push Addie out of my head. But later tonight, I'll be pushing myself inside her so deeply, I'll be ingrained in every crevice inside her body. He always gotta go there. Mm -hmm. Damn. He goes straight to a 10 every time. He's like, I gotta save these kids and then I'm gonna bury my dick. (laughs) Zade's in line at Saviors and and Jay tells him that the president is inside along with (gasps) governors and senators and some celebrities. Zaid makes it through security and gets into the club where he sees a drugged girl dancing naked on a pole and vows to free her and all of the other women here. Someone recognizes him as his alias, um, Zach, and says hello. It's someone named Daniel Boveri, a lawyer for the president and someone that Mark knew. Dan mentions that Mark was talking about wanting to bring Zaid here and Zaid is surprised to hear this. He pretends to be shocked and upset about Mark's death. Like He's like, oh my god, did you hear someone killed him? Who would do that? Yeah, what the fuck? Such a good guy. He hangs out with Dan for a couple of hours and Dan asks him if he's looking to be initiated and Zaid is acting interested. He's like, yeah, I'd love to be initiated. I am also a pedophile. Dan tells him that he needs to have specific tastes and Zaid says that he does. Dan asks what his interests are 
and he shows Dan a picture of an abused girl he saved a few years ago in a Barbie nightie. The girl gave him permission to use her pictures after she was saved. Dan asks if he shares, and Zayd says no, he gets jealous. He tells Dan that he sells their organs on the black market when they get too old, and Dan is very impressed and says he'd be a good fit for initiation. Zayd says he's in. Oh my god. So we switch to Addie's POV. She's watching the news and sees the story on Sibby and all the murders, and she realizes that Zayd helped kill them all. Her thoughts are spiraling when she sees Zayd watching outside her window with a cigarette, and she goes to get out her phone, and he's gone. She dials 911 just for shits and gigs, and Zayd is behind her. He tells her that he thought they were past this, but she says she doesn't want to do this anymore. And he calls her a liar. <laughs> she stomps on his foot, and he grabs her. He says, that's very naughty, little mouse, and you know what happens when you're naughty? heartbeat passes before he finally growls into my ear you get fucking eaten <laughs> Jesus. he bites her neck and starts choking her and she tells him to stop he says you don't want this baby you don't want to be full of my cock and discover a new religion every time i make you come okay yeah <laughs> the hand around my throat pulses tightening almost to unbearable levels i rise to the tips of my toes to decrease the pressure but he doesn't let up does it scare you he whispers his breath tickling my ear or does it make your pussy wet knowing that I hold your life in my hands and I allow you to breathe? Blood rushes to my head and fear begins to pump through my veins. Just when I think he's not going to stop, his hand loosens and I greedily suck in precious air. But he doesn't let me breathe for much longer. He twists my body around and backs me towards the wall be beside the TV, smiling viciously as I stumble away from him and towards exactly where he wants me to be. When I'm a foot away, he grabs me and slams me into the wall, pressing the entire length of his body against mine. Before I can take another breath his hand is once more encircling my throat and his mouth is on mine oh so stressful like she just wants to breathe nani's like every time he's like not today she tells him to stop and she says she hates him and doesn't want to be involved with all the murder stuff and she says she'll never let him fuck her again he calls her a liar and she knees him in the groin and takes off out the front door very quickly she's lost in the woods and she's barefoot and it's raining oh she trips over a root and falls to the ground she hears a twig snap and he emerges from the trees she gets up and runs he grabs her and pulls her to him so she can't escape and he asks if she's ready to be eaten she fights him and they both fall to the ground he pins her hands above her head and he asks if she thinks killing pedophiles is wrong and she says she thinks killing people is wrong and he says pedophiles aren't people yeah. no you want to know what's fucking sick addy those men you're so upset about dying are the same men that hurt rape and torture innocent fucking children and get off on it they thrive on it do you think any amount of punishment in this world will ever make up for even one child they tortured and killed which line yeah addy yeah he he tells her she was already marked before him and that he saved her from being kidnapped at Satan's affair. Zayd admits he feels guilty for giving Mark access to Addie. When she thinks about how she should accept him for who he is because he protects her and like everything that he does to save women and children. He asks if she thinks there's redemption for him and she asks if he even wants redemption. He says, if my redemption resides somewhere within you, then I will spend the rest of my life searching for it inside of you. He flexes his hips again, wringing another breathless moan from my lips. I will fill every inch of you, Adeline. In time, my redemption will become your salvation. They start grinding into each other, and he releases her arms and rips her shirt in half. He starts kissing and nipping at the back of her neck before he bites down hard, and she screams. He continues kissing and biting and licking down her body. 
she tells him she could make herself come harder than he ever could and he's like do it then he rips off her leggings and her underwear and she's naked naked he tells her to touch herself so he can see how hard she can come she says no and he slaps her vagina again (laughs) oh my god she decides to listen to him and start touching herself as he watches she thinks to herself that she'd rather it was him touching her but her orgasm builds and she thinks about how turned on she is about him watching her she says her orgasm is sharp and quick and unfulfilling he asks if it was better and she says yes and he slaps her vagina again oh god she tells him no it wasn't and he tells her to get up he grabs her by the back of her thighs and she's straddling him he says that he's going to remind her of how good it feels to be his and starts carrying her off somewhere else she's sucking his neck and marking him with hickeys just as she sees her front porch appear through the trees he slams her back into a tree trunk and shoves into her ow she screams and the tree is tearing up her back as he yeah. violently fucks her and she comes how <laughs> she's like oh this hurts <laughs> i love it God. i'm coming he comes in her and carries her back towards the house but says he can't wait to get to the house and opens the back seat of her car in the driveway he asks how she's feeling and she says trapped i'm there's so many like mixed emotions in this book (sighs) he says one day you will realize that you are not trapped in a prison he murmurs roughly you are in my church and where i am your god and you are my equal i am not a jail little mouse i am your sanctuary hi bang too you always are slapping her vagina (laughs) oh my god they begin to kiss passionately and Zaid removes all of his clothing. He grabs her and tells her to bend over between the driver and the passenger seat. He uses the front seat belts to strap her in place. <laughs> like a king on a throne, he sits on the bench beside me, arranging himself between my legs so my ass is directly in his face. Butterflies hatch in my stomach at the sight of Zaid sitting behind me, his legs splayed wide and his hard cock jutting up past his belly button. <laughs> Past his belly button. Jesus. From this angle, I have no idea how it ever fit inside me. Past his belly button. An arm. Yeah. Yeah. He feasts on her pussy like a starved man again. She comes and he unbuckles her and pulls her to the back seat with her on her back and him on top of her. He shoves into her without warning again. Damn. A little warning. He says, remember this moment because next time I fuck you, you will be deeply in love with me, Adeline. I'm your stalker and a murderer and you will love me anyway okay he pulls her on top of him so that she's straddling him Woof. <laughs> zade i gasp my nails now digging into his shoulders ride me baby i want to feel your pussy grip every inch of my cock fuck i can't i groan my body's still working to adjust to the sheer size of this man you have five seconds before i rearrange your organs <laughs> Jesus. He threatens. It does the job, kicking my ass into high gear and immediately rising up and sliding back down slowly. After a few different readjustments, I finally find an angle that allows me to completely seat myself on Zade without feeling him come up my throat. Jeez. God. (laughs) With this new angle, he hits that perfect spot he was abusing moments before. My teeth chatter, my nails digging deeper as my movements quicken. Zade draws me in, bringing my body flush with his. One arm curls around my waist while the other hand tears through my wet hair, yanking my head to the side and giving him access to devour my neck. I cry out, my hips moving frantically and erratically as his teeth bite the sensitive skin below my ear. My nipples scrape against his chest, sending delicious shivers straight to my pussy that's it baby 
he coons into my ear. Your sweet little pussy is gripping my cock so fucking toy. Toy. <laughs> They come together, and she thinks that maybe she might be falling in love with him. See? (laughs) And we have another GG letter. I'm scared. I don't know how it's gotten this way, but after last night, he's lost his mind. When I told him I'm going to get a divorce, he completely lost it on me. He's gotten so angry, so aggressive. He says that he owns me. No one else can have me but him. I don't know what to do. I'm just scared. So very scared. And I noticed um, on a reread that she never says John. She yeah. just says he. I was just about to ask you, mm-hmm. who is she talking about uh-huh. for this moment? Just a man. Just he. So much So we're back to Zade's POV. They've had so much sex that he thinks his dick would fall off if he got hard again. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. <laughs> They're sitting out on her balcony the morning after and he gets a call that another video was leaked last night. Zade thinks the video may have been taken while he was at Savior's and realizes that they haven't caught who's leaking the videos. He's growing angrier and angrier and decides he needs to get away from Addie. But before he can, Addie brings up Gigi and how weird it is that they both had stalkers that they fell for in the same house and that maybe they're reincarnations of Gigi and Ronaldo. And Zade loves this idea, which I feel like is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't understand how it'd be like two same exact mm-hmm. Thing in the same house. Yeah, two generations or whatever. He's hard somehow and decides to push her and hold her over the railing and undo the front of her robe. But his dick's gonna fall off if it's hard again. Bet. Watch, it's just gonna get hardened on the foot. (laughs) He says, My unsuspecting mouse, living each life without any knowledge of what's to come, not knowing that I'm yearning for you, watching in the distance until I make myself known. I drag my lip across her collarbone, trailing up the column of her throat toward her ear. For centuries, both of us wearing different faces, inhabiting different bodies, but the same souls colliding over and over until this planet decides to crumble and our souls have nowhere else to go. I hum in amusement, enjoying the quickening of her breath. Can you imagine it? I ask softly. Kind of sweet. Kind of sweet, yeah. Yeah. He lets her go and she realizes something's wrong with him. She asks him to tell her and she says she wants to know everything. Because she loves him. In the way, boy. He tells her, I target specific people, politicians, celebrities, businessmen, people in positions of power who have money, and even people who are the lowest of the totem pole and will do anything to get by. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what their job is or how much money they have because they're all the same. They're human sex traffickers. For years, I've been targeting pedophile rings and dismantling them. Rescue the girls and children and neither send them back to their family or send them to a safe, undisclosed location where they can live the rest of their lives in comfort. But about nine years ago, a video leaked of a sadistic ritual taking place. They were sacrificing a child and marking themselves in their blood. Since then, a few more videos have leaked, including one last night. I pause, clenching my jaw and trying to regain the composure that is beginning to slip through my fingers. Blowing out a deep breath, I continue. I've told you already that Mark was in the first video, which is why I targeted him and the three other men I killed. All four of them were performing the rite. The night I killed Mark, he disclosed the location to me, so I went there yesterday to insert myself, gain trust, and be invited to the dungeon. I noticed that Dan's shirt was wet. I paused, nearly blinded from rage as I admit. I think this recent video was from last night and they were still wearing the blood of their latest victim. 
So while he was talking to Dan, Dan had like child blood on him. Oh my God. She tries to convince Zade that he can't blame himself, but he disagrees with her. He says, I've dedicated almost six years to eradicating human trafficking. Seattle happens to be a prime location for pedophile rings, but in reality, they're everywhere and I plan to take them all down or as many as I can until this life takes me down first. Get it, Zade. She asks him why he started Z and why he's so invested in all of this. And he said, because I want to, baby. Her brows jump in surprise, not expecting my answer. You're expecting me to give you a legitimate reason for why I took this path in life. Maybe I had a sister or a mother who was kidnapped and sold. Maybe I was myself. But none of these things are the case. When I learned about human trafficking and the depths of its depravity, I was sickened. And I have the skill to do something about it. So I am. I'm saving innocent people because I want to. And I'm torturing and murdering the bad because I want to. Yeah. He says, and the reason I stalk you, little mouse, is because I want to. Everything I do in life is my choice. I choose my morals. I choose the ones that are worth saving and the ones that are worth killing, and I choose you. If you're expecting a tragic story, you're not going to get one. My parents were incredible people who loved me and supported me. They died in a car crash when I was 17. The roads were terrible, and they hydroplaned off a cliff. I lived with my father's best friend, my godfather, for a year before going to college for computer science and started my career as a hacker. My parents' death was heartbreaking, but an act accident. Aside from losing them, nothing bad has ever really happened to me. That would lead me to slaughter evil people for a living. I make my own choices in life, Addie, and that's all there is to it. Love it. Yeah. She asks him where he got his scars, and he said, the first time I infiltrated a ring, one of the ringleaders was a brute and knew his way around a knife fight. He cut me up good, and it was the lesson I needed in order for me to learn how to defend myself and fight properly. No man has ever come close since. I wear these scars proudly because in the end, I won and every innocent in that building went home safe she decides to ask him why he chose roses because he leaves roses like everywhere Mm -hmm. with her and he says my mother her favorite flowers were roses she always had them all over her house with the thorns clipped so i wouldn't hurt myself one year i told her that i would be sad when she died because all the roses would die with her so she gave me a plastic rose and said that as long as you have that rose she would never be truly gone i shrug i guess i wanted to see those roses all over your house too because maybe you feel like home She says that she's going to try and accept him for who he is and says that she admires him so much for what he does and something shifts between them and it seems like Addie is starting to accept their relationship. But just then, Daya walks in. She realizes that this man is Addie's stalker and tries to hit him. She's like, you motherfucker. She's like, oh, hell no. She's like, Yeah, and he just like slaps her hand away. He tells her to choose her words very carefully because he signs her paychecks. And Daya knows for sure that he's Z. Zay tells him he has to go deal with the video stuff, but gives Addie permission to tell Daya as much as she wants to because he trusts her. So now we're... We're back to Addie's POV. Daya's obviously hurt that Addie has been keeping so much from her. She tells Daya everything about the rituals and that Zade killed Mark for targeting them. She apologizes to Daya for not telling her sooner. And Daya tells Addie that she's not mad and that learning that Zade is Z makes her feel a lot better. Addie apologizes again and starts to say that she didn't expect all of this to progress the way that it did and starts to say that she's falling in love but cuts herself off. She asks Daya if she's heard from Max at all, but she says no. Addie tells her that Zade said he took care of it. And she just then Addie notices a strange envelope on her kitchen island and opens it. It's filled with old pictures of Gigi, but they aren't the ones that are hung on the walls around the house. 
The backs say January 8th, 1944, several months before the journal entries started. There's a man in the picture with his arm around her. He's familiar, but they don't know who he is. There's another photo of the two of them where Gigi looks uncomfortable with him, and it's dated two weeks before her murder. There's a letter addressed to Gigi in this envelope. My Genevieve, it pains me to write this letter. I sit here and I mourn for what could have been, for what could still be, but yet you refuse to see. I've loved you since the moment I saw you, Genevieve. I've loved you, though you have married another. And now that I know you have given yourself to a different man, a man that's not me, my love still persists. I've waited so long for you already, and yet another has come between us, has stopped me from taking you as mine. Why do you insist on doing this to me, to us? It plagues me, keeps me from sleeping at night. The only thing I can think of doing is cutting you from my life to end this misery for good sincerely your true love damn it <laughs> yeah Addie can't shake the feeling that this man looks super familiar. Daya scans the picture and does a reverse image search and they find out that the man is Mark's father Frank <gasps> So she was married to Frank before John. No, she was married to John, but Frank was in love with her. Yeah. Oh. And then Ronaldo got into a little mix. And he's like, damn, she's been with two people and I still can't get some. He's like, I just want some of that puss. <laughs> Daya tells Addie that she found out Ronaldo died in 1947 of broken heart syndrome. That's so sad. Mm. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Is that yeah. just essentially like failure to thrive? Do you think? It's like your heart just, I think your body just like fails. Yeah. Grief. It just like starts like shutting down pretty much. Like you're just so sad that like your all your organs and everything just like. It happens to like mothers whose children die or like oh. spouses. So sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Addie decides that she needs to go up to the attic to where she found those letters before. Like when she oh, followed yeah. that little ghostie up there. When they go up there, she finds a Ziploc baggie with a Rolex and blood streaked across the plastic with a note that says, hide this. No one can know i did it remember that there's a lot of incriminating evidence in that attic oh yeah so i don't do you think it was like recently placed there mm -mm. no no they just didn't see it before damn they run out of the attic and dia decides to find the serial number on the watch because it's a fancy rolex but the serial number scratched off of course but they can see that the watch is the same watch that frank is wearing in the photos with Gigi. it's frank it's frank it's frank Fucking frank we have another Gigi letter. She says, I'm going to die. He's coming for me. I can feel it in my bones. And all I can think of is Sarah, my sweet, sweet Sarah. She's only just turned 16. And she's so bright, so full of life. How do I tell her that I may not be around much longer? And I only have myself to blame. I've made so many mistakes these past two years. I should have done things differently. But it's too late. And my daughter will be the one to suffer the most. Oh, Sarah, what do I do when I'm going to end up against a man that feels he's been scorned? I'm just so tired. I think I'm going to go lay down for a nap. Let me switch back to Zade's POV. He's spiraling about the video and finds out that the victim was a 24-year-old girl. And Zade wants to blow the whole club up. But he can't because there's innocent people that work there so he can't just like kill everyone right just then daniel calls inviting him to a preliminary initiation ritual on saturday but in order for him to be there he has to complete a test on friday to make sure he's like Ugh. actually down with it dan implies that the task will have something to do with a little girl <coughs> zade is seeing red but he agrees to be there no friday comes and zade has extra security on addie's house just in case 
Zayda's wearing a beautiful tailored Armani suit and all the cameras at Daniel's place have been hacked by Jay. Zayd notes that something just feels kind of off. He gets to Daniel's and notes that there's a painting of a little girl crying tears of blood on his wall. Zayd, yeah, and Dan is like, cool, right? And Zayd is like, yeah, it's You like that? <laughs> you want one? <laughs> Zayd and all the other guests go sit down at the table. It's not a normal setup. There are crystal glasses, white plates, and a fork and knife set on the thick plastic covering. The entire middle of the table is completely empty. Normally, flowers and decorations will take up space in the middle to add a taste of class to dinners. I keep my face blank despite my heart thudding heavily beneath my rib cage. Take a seat next to me, Zach, please. Daniel insists, pointing towards the chair right and to the right of him. Of course, he sits head of the table, smiling at his guests like he's a king. He leans over and mutters to me, I'm very excited for you to see tonight's appetizer. She will make a great decoration while we feast and give our thanks to the eternal rebirth. Yeah. I hate it. No. Everyone's just sitting around the table talking like normal and all of a sudden, a little girl no older than six is walked into the dining room looking terrified. Dan says, ladies and gentlemen, dinner is served. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared. No. It's fucked up. We switch back to Addie's POV. She and Daya are mulling over the pile of clues regarding Gigi's murder. Daya gets a phone call with results about whose blood was on the watch. It was confirmed positive for Gigi. They also find out the handwriting for the letter was a match for Frank. Daya had also sent a photo of the scratched out serial number to a friend and he was able to determine the watch was bought by Frank. Mm-hmm. So- Is Frank still alive? No. No. It was Mark's dad. Remember Mark's old as hell? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, They conclude that Frank was in love with Gigi and killed her for being in love with Ronaldo. They take celebratory shots and Addie's feeling bittersweet. Daya tells her that she sent in the confession letter, the one that said like... What did the confession letter say? It was like, I did this. Um, He's helping me cover it up. The one that they found in the attic. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that came back as a match for Nana. Nana covered up the murder because she was threatened by Frank. Oh. <gasps> So Addie's grandma. Oh. Uh, hmm. They continue drinking. Addie's like, I gotta fucking drink this off. And she goes to bed thinking about Zaid. Daya leaves and about an hour later, she's thinking about Zaid and, and starts feeling very aroused and starts stripping her clothes off. She starts touching herself, pretending it's Zaid. She comes, screaming his name. And after, she still feels like she needs more. She's feeling sad. She misses him. While well, he's having like a terrible god awful time he's having like literally the worst night anyone's ever had another gg letter the face of death is petrifying but it's the only thing i see these days he won't leave me alone i've pleaded with him begged for my life i'm a mother he can't take me away from my child she needs me for god's sake i don't know what i'll do if i tell the police will they believe me or will they believe him someone that is obviously dangerous and has incredible connections i have no chance How did my life turn out this way? How could he do this to me? I trusted him. We switch back to Zaid's POV. He asks Daniel if they're going to eat her. And Dan says that they're going to sacrifice her and mark themselves in her blood, giving thanks to the eternal rebirth, but that everyone can do what they want to her while her body is still warm after that. (sighs) Zaid asks... Zaid's just like not having a great time. I was going to say, like, like, how? His stomach. Mm Mm-hmm. He asks if they can have fun with her first. Like, he's just trying to figure something out to get this little girl out. They bring the girl to him, and she tells him her name is Sarah, and he's, like, sit on my lap. Trent, like, he's, like, acting creepy, but... Yeah. Like, because he has to. He says, my sick... The sick feeling grows more potent as I help her up, keeping her body at my knees with one hand high on her back and my other on her knee. Areas that are not sexual but will be perceived as dominate 
dominating to the others. I'd prefer not to touch her at all. She's viewing this as something predatory, but I feel safest with her close when there's a bunch of adults eyeing her like she's their next meal. God. He whispers to her that she's safe with him and to keep quiet. Zade asks to have some alone time with her, but Dan's like, I want to watch. Yeah, Dan's like, you can do it here. Yeah. So the little girl, Sarah, starts wailing and starts begging to be taken home. Dan reaches over to touch her and Zade smacks him away, saying that he doesn't share. Zade starts pressing the button on his watch to cause a distraction. So he has like a secret agent watch with a button that, I don't know, does something. He's like, beep, 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 beep. He's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Just then there's a loud bang at the door and someone's saying, FBI, open up. FBI agents swarm the house and chaos ensues. Zade slips out the back door with Sarah and promises to take her back to her mom and dad. She asks if her mom and dad are still alive, and she tells Zade she doesn't know when she last saw them. Mm, maybe. Soon the agents will lug Dan and everyone else to be taken down to the station on false charges. They're false agents to begin with, hired by myself. Luckily, I have a few high-ranking FBI agents in my pocket, which is the only thing that made this night possible. They'll bring Dan down to the station on suspicion of smuggling drugs. They will release him by tomorrow morning when they don't find anything. Dan will insist the FBI agents responsible be fired and considering no real agents were involved, the fake ones will be easily let go of. False paperwork will be filed and Dan will be satisfied or as satisfied as you can be when your dinner party is interrupted by your front door getting kicked in. So Sarah asks him, asks Zaid if he can't find her mom and dad if he'll be her daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad. Ruby comes up to them to take Sarah to safety, and Sarah asks if she'll see Zade again, and he says yes. Zade gets fake arrested by the fake FBI just for so Dan can see that he's like going down with them. Mm-hmm. Later that night, he sneaks into Addie's room and she's asleep. He gets naked and slides into bed next to her, and she wakes up and pulls herself onto his chest. She shifts to straddle him, and he tells her to sit on his cock. <laughs> sit on it. She slides her undies to the side and hovers over him. Just as Zade is about to flip her around and take control, she sinks down onto him. (gasps) Her eyes are pinched shut, her little mouth parted as she gets pleasure from my cock. It feels incredible, enough to make me come if I allowed it, but I need more. I need her fast and hard. Little mouse, I call, my voice hoarse with need, her hips still, her eyes creak open. Run. He does not get, they both like get off on like the whole chase. Yeah. She bolts out the room and down the stairs, and he chases her to the sunroom. He flips her around and shoves into her again. Ow! Just no fucking warning. Just... Yeah. I shudder, my control completely in tatters as I drive into her, fucking her so hard that I'm forced to keep dragging her back down towards me. Sharp screams fill the air, and there's a moment where the pitch is so high, I fear I broke something inside of her. But then her pussy clamps tight, making it almost impossible to move before she comes around my cock, her body nearly convulsing from the power. My name falls from her lips, but I can't stop. The sound of our skin slapping, and her garbled words bounce off the windows surrounding us as I continue to slam into her. Her tiny throat is in my hand, squeezing until she can no longer utter a word. A hand wraps around my arm, branding bloody crescent moons into my skin as she fights for oxygen. I'll gladly sacrifice my name on her tongue if it means climbing up to heaven with her. 
Zayda. When they're done, he tells her about the extraction he has planned for tomorrow. And he also tells her about Sarah asking him to be her daddy. She asks what he said, and he tells her that he wanted to wait to talk to her first, and she asks why he would need her permission. And he says, you think I stalked you just because I wanted a quick thrill? No, baby. It's you and me forever, which means if I become a daddy, then you become a mommy. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. It's the next night, and Zayda is pulling up to Saviors. Zayda has men that have infiltrated and were hired onto club security. Dan finds him and apologizes for what happened the night before with the FBI arrest and stuff. And he tells Zayda that he thinks one of the guests stole the little girl for himself. Because, like, they don't know where she is. Yeah. And Zayda's like, yeah, fuck that guy. They have a drink and wait for the ceremony to start. Zay is led down a hallway. We enter through a hallway riddled with doors on either side. The moans escalate. But now that I'm closer, I hear the notes of fear and pain laced in them. Cracks of whips, flesh hitting flesh, and the loud grunts of men accompanying the moans. Fuck, think of the child lying on the stone altar somewhere. They need me more. At the end of the hallway is a black marble door. Dan wraps his fist around the knob and pauses before peering back at me. His lips curled with excitement. You ready? Mm-hmm. Not ready. They enter the black marble room with rocks on the walls. The room is full of people wearing black robes, just like in the videos. Zayd puts on a robe. They all wear the Ouroboros necklace, where the snake is, like, eating itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. They go to a a round platform where there's a little girl about six or seven strapped down. He's told to stand with the three other initiates, and that one of them will be offered the knife to do the sacrifice. I fucking hate this part. I feel like the whole story could be pretty good. Without the child sacrifice. Yeah. Thanks. I stare at the little girl on the stone slab, tears tracking down her dirty cheeks. She's sobbing, her little lip curled in a frown as her wide blue eyes stare at us in absolute terror. My heart constricts so tightly it's debilitating. By sheer willpower, I force myself to stand still. Fuck, I'm already getting hard, a guy whispers from my left. My teeth nearly crack from how hard I clench my jaw in that moment. Slowly, I turn to see a guy that looks like he's in his early 20s, his hood down. His brown, bottomless eyes glance up at me and all I can see is pure excitement radiating from them. He's going to be the first one to die. Yeah. This is just icky. Mm-hmm. It hurts your belly. Yeah. I... The little girl starts begging for her mommy, and the chanting begins. Someone in a black hood approaches and hands them each a goblet. They hold out the blade to offer it to whoever wants to take it, and Zayd snatches it, like, right away. Well, I was also thinking, like, what would happen if they didn't, if they just gave it to someone? He probably would have just snatched it, huh? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Knowing him, yeah. The chanting gets louder, and the little girl's screaming. He walks to the little girl and tells her to close her eyes. He lifts up the blade like he's going to stab it into her. And he does an old switcheroo and he stabs it into the frat boy's throat. Good. Yeah. Zade starts slicing people up and the undercover security guards are firing and one of them gets Zade a gun. Because remember, he had people hired. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. He grabs the girl and tells her she can open her eyes but not to look around. And he tells her that he's going to give her to someone who will get her back to her mom. He gives the girl to an undercover security guard named Michael and he says he'll get the girl to Ruby. Michael and the girl run out and there's this huge explosion and it's complete carnage. People are running around missing limbs and Zayd sees Jay running up to him. He's telling Zayd that the whole thing was a setup and that the video was purposefully leaked. Yeah, so it's like a whole switcheroo now. Like he's like, hell yeah, we're infiltrating this. We got it. It's almost too too easy. They wanted him there. Uh-huh. 
He says, I'm so focused on Jay's mouth slowly trying to process the words coming out of them that the sound of a gun being cocked and the cold press of metal in the, in the back of my head registers too late. Glad you could figure that out, Jason Scott. Now let's see those hands. Otherwise, this single bullet will find its way in both of your fucking heads. Jay looks up at the person standing behind me, his eyes growing impossibly larger. You? <laughs> who is it we switched back to Addie's pov <laughs> she's on the phone with her mom telling her about Gigi's murder frank was officially declared the murderer by the police and it's on the news her mom tells her that she's the one that left that envelope on her kitchen counter with the photos and the note which means she kept nana's secret and knew this whole time and hangs up Addie understands why her mom and nana had such a complicated relationship now like she understands why her mom is constantly just talking bad about nana because she knew that Nana covered up her grandma's murder. Yeah. And then made her own daughter keep the secret as well. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Her thoughts return to Zade and she's getting nervous about him being gone for so long. She falls asleep and wakes up to a bunch of texts from Daya asking her to come over because she's really upset about something. She calls, but it just rings and goes to voicemail. She doesn't answer. So she rushes to her car and starts driving to Daya's house. On the way, she notices headlights behind her start closing in. They get behind her and ram her car. She's trying to speed away, but they do it again. She goes flying off the side of the road and lands in a ditch. Her car flips twice and lands on the roof. A strange man gets out of the car and tells her, once she heals up, she'll be worth a pretty penny. <gasps> Just get her in the van, Rio. Max is already going to be pissed we fucked up his van, so quit fucking around. The police will be here soon. Another flash of a grin. Time to go to sleep, princess. And then darkness. And then we get the last letter from Gigi that just says he came for me and that's the end what the fuck yeah that's the end that's yeah the end <gasps> what? we will not be doing hunting Adeline no because I don't think my heart can handle it but I will tell Riley everything she wants to know okay but yeah. not, not recording no no i don't think I'm gonna read this book you probably should. people love this book and I'm just like are you okay I loved it when I first read it. I will say that. And then rereading it, now I'm just like, I see red flag after red flag after red flag. It is very well written, but... Oh, yeah. I love like, how it's written. Yeah. It sounds like a good book. Like, it's a quality book. But I don't think there needs to be child sacrifice in a smut. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's dark romance for you. Yeah. That's true. Is Are there, like, worse dark romances? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure. There's quite a bit of like taboo type dark romances so i mean i feel like that's pretty taboo to like talk about saving kids from sex trafficking and then to fuck your stalker once he's done saving them yeah i think her other one um does it hurt was more fun to read okay um oh and then satan's affair we can do satan's affair eventually but it's from sibby's point of view so you get sibby's backstory and then sibby's point of view of what happens at satan's affair when okay. They'd kill those people. Ooh. And then what happens to her after she gets arrested? I love Sippy. She's a little crazy girl. It is crazy girl. So fucking gory. Like, there were a couple of times I was just like, my jaw dropped while I was reading it. Like, what the fuck is this? But not in this way where you're like, oh my God. It's more like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. You're like, yeah. your stomach doesn't hurt as bad because you're not talking about a child being fucking raped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We love that. So you've read all three of them. Mm -hmm. would i have to read like i'd have to read these other two in order to read that one right no no satan's affair is technically it's like first. a first yeah it's a 
prequel or whatever, but you don't have to read it. Mm -mm. It's cool to read it and then to read Haunting Adeline and then be like, oh, so that's what was happening while Zayd and Addie were in the um, Annie's playroom or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And then you you get to know the henchmen more. It's very detailed with the henchmen. She loves her henchmen. She does. But the henchmen aren't like real people. No, no. they're her her brain. But I read um I read Satan's Affair first. So I was like, at the end you find out that the henchmen aren't real. And I was like, holy shoot. Because you think they're real the entire the whole time. time. The whole time, like you think that she is talking to somebody mm-hmm. and then it's like, no, they're in her fucking mind. Holy shit. Yeah, I was really good. <gasps> that sounds good. Next week, we are going to be telling Riley all about Barbarian Alien by Ruby Dixon. The second book in the Ice Planet Barbarian series. Uh I really liked Ice Planet Barbarians, so I think I'm going to really like this one. This one is Liz and Rahash's story. So remember Rahash stole Liz? Yes. Yeah, so we're going to find out what happens. And here's the cover. Ooh. Okay. We got like a pretty, pretty little lady on the front. With which I'm assuming is Rahash behind mm-hmm. her. And there's like a little spaceship in the back. Ooh! And his little tail. Yeah. His little tail. And she looks like a little queenie. I can't wait for this one. It's good. It's good. It's so good. You haven't read any of the other ones, right? No. I just read the first one and then this one. There's one book. They're, they all kind of blend together, I will admit. But there's one I hope we get to. Where there's like a feral one, like a feral alien, Ooh. and then someone like finds him. I don't know. I liked that one. That one was my favorite. I hope we get to that one. How many of them have you read? Nine. That's like a lot. Did you read them like back to back? Yeah, I went on a freaking three. <laughs> if you look through my Goodreads, there's like a month and a half of just like Ice Planet Barbarians, Ice Planet Barbarians, Ice Planet Barbarians, Ice Planet Barbarians, Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> Just over and over again. Are they, are they all five stars for you? None of them were five stars for me. Oh, really? I read it. I thought these were your favorite. Okay. So I think they're very fun. They're very easy to read. The story's cool. Not five stars. Five stars is like, I rated Duskwalker Brides five stars, which I want to do eventually. I love, mm-hmm. I don't know if you didn't like them as much as I did. I liked the first one, but the second two, I was just kind of like, you didn't like the me. second the third one, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume that any book that we read on this podcast that is um, of non-humanoid variety, it's me. Yeah. It's all Charlotte, baby. Me, I love a tentacle. But yeah, I rated all of the um, barba- or Ice Planet Barbarians four stars. Okay. I think I did four stars for the first one, and I think I did three on the second one i think most people rate them as like a three yeah, yeah. which is like Whatever. good yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i know what's crazy is for um the never king i was looking at goodread reviews mm-hmm. and a lot of them weren't good and i was like you guys suck <laughs> no taste <laughs> i wonder if people are like not expecting it if they're just like mm, it's just like an adult version of a peter pan no 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 she's getting gang banged <laughs> hell yeah She's fucking everybody in that house. <laughs> Riley, would you trade places with Addie? No, not, no, no, no. not even in the fucking slightest. <laughs> it, how many red pepper emojis? 
It's a hard one. This yeah. It's a really hard one. Because the smut that you get is like, it's hot. Okay, yeah. But then the rest of it's not smutty. And mm. not hot. No. It's weird to like put peppers on it because mm-hmm. fuck. You can do half peppers. Yeah. I'll do like three and a half. Three okay. and a half peppers? Yeah. Three and a half. Well, oh, you go ahead. I was going to say, I want to know your guys' peppers. I right would say now. if you separate the book based off of the smut parts, yeah, like three. Yeah. Okay. Charlotte? I'm going to say four. It's really well written. It is very well written. I written. think there's a lot of elements that don't need to be in the book. So like the ghosts doesn't need to be in the book. Her house being haunted? Not really. No. Um, Maybe we could do without some child sacrifice. Some child rape c- could be done away with. Um, And that's... You can like... It could just be like a stalker romance. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to like traumatize me. <laughs> honestly. And if you are going to have that in the book, no, just doesn't, need to, doesn't you don't, need to be detailed. You don't need, you could actually leave that out entirely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think Zade is hot? <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Same. Okay. I Hell. do. Because he's out here killing pedophiles. Yeah, he's a fucking stalker and kind of super scary. Yeah, it's hard. You have to like separate the two of it. Because honestly, at the end of the day, point blank, he was, it was rape between yes. him and Addie. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was rape. Mm-hmm. But then like what he's doing for these kids. Does that cancel rape out though? No, not at all. <laughs> but I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> Come on. No, neither are good. Zade's all hot. Fuck him. People love Zade. It's, it's, I don't understand. I think he is the epitome of, like, morally gray. Yeah. He's, like, morally Ooh, yeah. dark gray. Like, I would say he's, like, almost. Almost. Yeah. Almost right there. I really yeah. have to, like, separate it from my brain. If I just look at him by himself, yeah. I like everything else. I'm like, oh, he's hot as fuck. Okay, yes. Him, himself, alone, without, like, the sex, stocking, the, yeah, all the other sexual shit. Yeah. assault, all that shit. Yeah. I... This was a rough book. It was rough. You should try reading it. No. You should try <laughs> rereading it. I shan't. Yeah. Shelby and I had to read it twice. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Hunting Adeline is so much worse. Yeah. I don't know. Hope you all know that we're not going to do that. No. Read it yourself. Yeah. If you really want to know what happens next, yeah, just go for it but by yourself. We'll, we will do Satan's Affair eventually. Yeah. That seems fun. Hey. Yeah. Well, make sure to rate, review subscribe if you do review we'll read it on the pod hell yeah yeah go follow us on social media instagram facebook at smut up and listen podcast and we'll see you later you horny little rats